Thanks so much, everyone. Do you guys love Wesley? He's amazing. Wesley calms every storm he's ever been a part of. He does. He does. I'm grateful that he's on staff, and he does so many things behind the scenes. And Miriam. If you guys don't know Miriam, just go talk to Miriam. She is awesome. I think she's serving in kids' ministry today. Um, but but uh, she, she does so much around here as well. So March 16th, just to underline that, if you guys want to come out and meet some people and do some cool stuff, that's going to be a really great morning to, to be able to do that. So, um, man, well, there's just so much uh, in the atmosphere, I feel like, today. Let me ask, like, who here has been dreaming more? Like, literally at night, like, you've been dreaming more, not like you've had a vision for life more. You've just been, like, noticed maybe the last month, that, like, one more time, like, who's, who is, like, look around the room right now, like, you know, God speaks to us in dreams all the time. Have you found that sometimes God will speak to us in dreams because we're not paying attention to him during the day? I mean, I, that, that's, um, that's very true of me. And, and uh, you know, it's, dreams are one of the primary ways that God speaks to me. Um, in Scripture, we see dreams, you know, used by the Lord um, to direct Jesus and his family. Do you guys remember this? When Jesus was a child? Do you guys remember even with, like, with Joseph and Mary? I mean, Joseph was an upright man, and Mary came to him and said, I'm pregnant with the Son of God. The Holy Spirit impregnated me. And Joseph, he didn't know how to handle that. How many can relate? It's, just, it's a lot to handle. And, and it says that, that in Scripture that it was in his heart that Joseph was an upright man, and it was in his heart to kind of divorce Mary quietly, not to bring shame to her. But he was just feeling like, hey, I don't think we're connecting here on, like, what we thought this would look like, you know? And, uh, and what does it say? What does it say? What, what, how, did, how did God speak to Joseph? So he spoke to him in a dream. And, and in that dream, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, Mary is correct. She is pregnant with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Joseph woke up and came to Mary. He's like, I'm good. We're good. We're good. just want you to know God spoke to me about what, what, what he did in your life. That sometimes we need, dream, we need dreams for the voice of the Lord to override our thinking. Because sometimes the word of the Lord will get caught at the gate of our thoughts. How many of you found it to be the case? The, the word of the Lord, the voice of the Lord in our lives can get caught at the gate of our thoughts. And, and, you know, in, in that context, again, uh, after Jesus was born, Joseph had another dream. Go to Egypt. Do you guys remember this? Bring Jesus to Egypt. I mean, Joseph, these, 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 were, these were, you know, Jews who were from the, the area. I mean, they didn't want to go to Egypt. They didn't want to go to Africa. Go to Egypt. Herod will try to kill your son. You need to go. So they fled. They went, saved Jesus' life. And then how did they come back? Joseph had another dream. Okay, Joseph, go back. How many of you know these are, these are irrational life choice decisions that, that they're making in the natural? But in the kingdom, it was the exact plan of the Lord. That there are times in our life that we really have to let the voice, an unreasonable voice of the Lord direct our lives in a way that our thinking would never say amen and yes to who here is glad for the prophetic ministry that people give you words? You know, because those prophetic words that we get, how many of you found this? That sometimes a prophetic word can speak to your current situation, and other times it launches you into something that's not yet created. Does that make sense? 
it launches you into a next step. It launches you into a season. It launches you into a destiny that really you didn't have written down, but something inside of you it resonates with you. I love prophetic culture, and I'm not. I'm, come tonight. I'm going to talk tonight about prophetic culture and hearing God's voice. It's our last last night of CSSM. Who CSSM students are here? Awesome. And so just come tonight. I'm not going to talk a lot about that. But I do want to talk today about, about, you know, what Cheryl actually mentioned, which is how many of you have felt, have come to the point recently that you have felt overwhelmed with busyness, just the things of life. Maybe there are some anxieties or worries in there. But how many of you recently have just felt almost like, like suffocated by things that have to be done? You know, whenever, there are two things that occur in my life that will almost always block the voice of the Lord from reaching my heart. One of those things is busyness. Is when when the demands of life start to get on top of me, I feel like I can't hear the Lord. Can anyone relate to that? You feel like, man, like, you know, people are coming up and, you know, they're, they're talking to you and you're like, man, I really want to connect with Jesus, but like, I got a kid who's crying. I got, you know, I, I got this job thing and, and this project that, that's hanging over my head and, and well, I got to go somewhere else right now. And, and in your heart, though, you know that you need a place of rest. Like, you're not fooling anyone. You know, when I'm really busy walking around, you know, I'm not fooling anyone. Like, like no one, it's really clear when you have rested in God's presence and when you haven't. You know, I have a friend, a, a married couple, and um, uh, they, they don't go to the church, but they're, they're just amazing. And, and, and there are times that... that uh, uh, Kyle will be, be going about his day, and his wife will say, you didn't spend time with Jesus today, did you? <laughs> and how many of you know, don't lie to your wife? Like, and and so, so, he's, so he would like, no? Like, how did you know that? And she goes, I can tell when you're in rest and when you're not, even when you're doing the same stuff. You're not fooling anybody. That we need to be in a place of rest to actually walk in the promises of God. Okay, so there was a point in time where you did not know Jesus. Everyone say boo. <laughs> you know, there was a point in time where you didn't know Jesus. And then you said yes to Jesus, most likely, that you said yes to Jesus. And then he started launching your whole life. It says that he gave you a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. That he actually started transforming you from the inside out. And it's a transformation that takes time. It's a transformation that takes attention. It's a transformation that requires intimacy with God. It's something where, do you guys remember the earliest prophetic words that God gave you? Can you recall this? Those earliest prophetic words, when someone spoke into your life, when someone gave you a prophetic word, or maybe it was a dream, those earliest prophetic words seemed to launch you into a lifestyle. Why? Because we were so tender-hearted towards the voice of the Lord at that time. How many of you share the sentiment that it was like, you know, you're in that place where it was, are you guys with me? Am I connecting with you guys? That you're in that place where it's like, I don't care what you say, God, I just want to hear your voice. Do you remember those days? Do you remember those times? And many of us are in that place now. But busyness will always squash your appetite for his voice. And here's the thing. Now, this is, this is where the kingdom is just amazing. Is you can get more done by resting than you can by your own efforts. So it's not a matter of being unproductive. It's a matter of being filled with a life source, and his name is Jesus. Not being filled, you know, 
we, we talk about rest a good bit. And sometimes, okay, so how many of you have found that your version of rest is not God's version of rest for you? Right? Your version of rest, maybe that is a movie, a DVD. Maybe that's, maybe that's um, I'm just trying to think. Maybe that is, uh, it looks like, um, you know, just kind of not talking to people or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your version of rest is usually not God's version of rest for you. That God's version of rest for you looks like connecting with him. It doesn't look like inactivity. How many of you are nature people that you like connect with God in nature? You know, that for you, it might look like pressing pause on your schedule and creating the time to go and connect with God in nature, to go and walk with the Lord. It might not look like just going to Starbucks and reading a book. Like your version of rest might not be his version of rest for you. But when we're rested in the Lord, we can get so much more done than we can when we're doing it ourselves. Because here's the thing. When you try to do stuff yourself, you know, one, the results will probably be not as good as if you did it with Jesus. <laughs> if you don't hear anything else today, just remember that, you know. Like, you stink at doing your life, and you, sometimes you forget that, right? I stink at doing my life. But with Jesus, man, it's like, it's like I'm a different person. Does that make sense? That, that when you operate out of your heart, of flesh and not of your mind, you actually accomplish more for the kingdom than you ever would by your own best efforts. So are you guys good? Okay, so open up your Bibles. Let's open up to, um, open up to John 5, 19 to 20. John 5. I got too much stuff up here. Awesome. So John 5, it says this, Jesus gave them this answer when, when he was talking with his disciples. Very truly, I, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the son does, the father does, the son also does. Verse 20, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you'll be amazed. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty amazing invitation. That, that this is the, now we know that verse that Jesus only, he said, I only do what I see my father doing. That Jesus was the exact perfect representation of the father. Everyone, you, you can feel free to say like amen just to track with me, okay? So, so he was the perfect representation of God. Jesus perfectly reflected God. And we know this verse is like, oh, I only do what I see the father doing. How many of you are familiar with that verse? But we're not really familiar with the next part. It says, for the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Why was, he, why was the father showing Jesus all he did? Because he loves him. He loves to share the business. That there's not this gate of entry. It's open. Does this make sense? That there wasn't this, because Jesus was perfectly aligned with the ways that the law required, and you have no hope because you're not aligned with, those, with, with the law. It actually says, no, the reason that the father showed Jesus and Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. The reason the father even showed him is because he was in love with his son. Because he loves his son. And he gives an invitation even in that, that you're going to see even more amazing things. Do you guys remember the verse in, in John where it says, Jesus actually gives you that commission. 
He says, you're going to do greater works than I did because I'm going to the Father. And that the Holy Spirit will come and actually fill you. It's better that I go because you won't just be looking to see what the Father's doing. He's going to be living inside of you, acting and moving. Does that make sense? That, that, that we see a revelation of reflecting God. And then in the New Testament, we see a revelation of Christ in you now. That we're actually revealing something we're carrying. And so why is rest really important? Rest is important because we have to know the person that we're revealing. How many of you have been anxious about a situation or a circumstance? I know this is like everyone, so it's one of those questions that everyone raises their hands to. That, that you've been anxious about a, a circumstance, a situation. It's like, oh man, like, you know, how is this thing going to work out? How are we going to figure this, this situation out? I remember once when I was in college, um, for, I went to... Uh, uh, a university, and I paid for half of it, and then uh, I financed the other half. I did student loans for the other half. And I remember it was my senior year. I had like, like I was, this is like home stretch, you know. I'm not like senioritis yet. Like I'm still working really hard. But like this is a home stretch. I'm almost done. I, I'm really close to getting my degree. And, uh, you know, I was like 20 years old, 21 years old. And I go to the um, uh, like administration office, the finance office, to like to finalize my financing for that semester and going in and they're like, yeah, we don't have, we don't have any payment for you. And I'm like, well, that, okay, what do I have to do to like make that happen? Everything was already supposed to be in place. Like everything kind of, the T's were crossed, the I's were dotted, like everything should have been good. And they're like, you know, I don't know, that's, that's a you issue. You know, and I'm like, okay, this is more than a you issue that I can handle. Like, what do you mean? And they're like, if it's not in by three o'clock today, you're not enrolled. And it's like 11 a.m. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know where to start with that. Like, does this make sense? Like, the lending, the loan should have already been there. Like, they should have had the money. And I didn't know what to do. And I was overwhelmed by the circumstance. And I remember sitting in, I remember sitting in a, in a stairwell. Um, uh, in the building, and just sitting there, and I was like, Jesus, I don't know what to do about this. I have no idea what's, what's going to happen here. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus is like, what are you doing later on today? I'm like, Jesus, I don't know if you heard me. <laughs> I, I don't even know if, you're, if you got what I just said there. I'm talking to Jesus, right? Like, God, Jesus. Not like some other weird Jesus, like God Jesus. <laughs> and he, and he, he's, like, he's like, yeah, what are you doing later on today? I'm like, well, Jesus, the circumstance here is really going to predicate what I'm doing later on today. So what do you mean what I'm doing later on today? And he kept asking me, what are you doing later on today? And so finally, I just had a, I didn't, I didn't, ha, I didn't know, I didn't, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm, you know, I'm going to go eat dinner with, 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 you know, with my friend Greg and, um, you know, and then I got to buy that book and kind of get ready for, for, for class in two days. And he goes, okay, cool. That sounds awesome. I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm glad we got that out of the way. Now I got a situation. <laughs> How many of you found that when you bring God your situation, he often will just, he'll just talk to you. See, when we cast our anxieties on the Lord, he's already at work doing it. That, does this make sense? That, that you don't have to keep praying and praying like a heathen that you just come to him, and he, he just acts on your part. 
See, sometimes we make our relationship with him way too structured, too complicated, and sometimes it can turn into religion. Does that make sense? That like, like when you go to your dad, he's instantly, his heart is right there, ready to do whatever you need. When you go to your father, when you go to your spouse, when you go to your friend, you don't go to them trying to convince them to love you, right? You go to them because they love you. And I'm in that thing, I get a call an hour later, hey, it all came through, everything's fine, yeah, you're enrolled for the, for the semester. And I like hung up and I'm like shaking and I'm just like starting to repent and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus, you're the best. I really like didn't think you heard me, you know, like I'm so sorry. And you know, you know what he said to me at that moment? Hey, are you still gonna hang out with Greg tonight? I'm like, yeah, I totally am. You're really into this, Jesus. Like you're really into this like thing tonight. Why? You know what? Because God was really invested in my day today. Like he's invested in your heart more than you realize. That he's not some far off God who comes and invades when a situation is like gets sideways. He's a God who's constantly here. He's called Emmanuel, God with us. That he's Christ in you, the hope of glory, just waiting to come out. You think Jesus didn't know about my circumstance? You think Jesus doesn't know about your circumstances? He's just waiting for you to come to him. He's just waiting for us to come to him. And he's not like, okay, Sean, you've come to me today. You have a major issue. I can see that. Uh, you better, I want to make sure that you pray this the right way in order to move my heart for affection towards you today. But we often approach God that way a little bit, right? We kind of approach God like, ah, like, okay, I better inform you about what's going on. And I better say it in the right way so that, like, my prayer is powerful and effective. And you move on my behalf? Am I reading anyone's kind of, like, mind right now, kind of how we approach? Listen, man, Jesus actually comes, and he's like, he comes, and, and, and when, when we come to him, he instantly, like, when we come to him, meaning I, I have a situation, in this moment, I'm going to turn my affection towards the Lord, and in my brain, there's a lot that I need to go through. To him, he just sees, oh, Sean! How many of you found that? He just sees you and he's like, Stephanie! And you're like, well, hey, Jesus, I got a lot going on. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> but listen, you've been given the mind of Christ. You've been given the freedom to search out the things of the Spirit. In Matthew 6.33, do you guys remember this verse? Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you that how much mental energy do we spend with the things that God already said? I will take care of all that if you seek me. That as a son or a daughter, you have an inheritance that says everything is yours, meaning everything will be taken care of over your life. Now, you can go through that one of two ways. You can carry that promise like, okay, cool, yeah, I got that promise. It's awesome. I got this promise, this is sweet, like, he takes care of everything, and then a problem comes, thank you, a problem comes your way, and you're like, I don't have any promises, someone give me a promise, someone give me a prophetic word, someone speak into this situation, when Jesus is like, no, dude, listen, like, I live inside of you, so when you face stuff, if you just come to me, I'm going to take care of all of it. See, how many of you know that you don't need another great solution, another great strategy, you need Jesus, in your work, in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in your future, in your anxiety, in your finances, you need Jesus. Like, I need Jesus. Some of you are like, yeah, you do. <laughs> I need Jesus in my life. 
You know what it looks like to be poor in spirit? Have you guys ever wondered that when Jesus gave that teaching on the Sermon on the Mount to be poor in spirit? What's the promise of being poor in spirit? For theirs is the kingdom. The blessed are the poor in spirit. The blessed are the, blessed are the, are, are the peacemakers. Who are they? The sons of God. How can you be a peacemaker if you're not walking around in peace? That, that as a son or a daughter, you have an inheritance of peace. Did you know that? Open your Bibles to John 10, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up here. Are you guys good? John 10 is a story that I think a lot of us are, are pretty familiar with. Did I say John 10? Matthew 10. Or maybe it's Luke 10. Luke 10, thanks. <laughs> it was in there, you know. Just go ahead and put, yeah, thank you. It says this, I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Meaning what? I just want to make this, this, this quick point, is that what is over our lives as believers is stuff that Old Testament prophets and kings like long to look into. Like, they long to hear it and to see it. And this is Jesus saying, what is available to us as believers right now is something that has been saved to the last days, to the very end of this plan right now. And in that time, everyone else who was before longed to be in a time that we are now in. That it says this, that the season of the Old Testament prophets and kings stopped with John the Baptist. And Jesus said, that anyone in the kingdom is greater than John, and no one lived greater than John before John. That there's such an invitation of, of what we can see, of what we can hear. As New Testament believers, what is available over our lives for the world to encounter is unlike anything that's ever been available, ever. That the grass is greener today. It's not tomorrow. It's today. And busyness and the, the, the worries and anxieties of this world can rob us of encountering that reality and releasing those realities. So sometimes, you know, dreams, I see dreams ramp up all the time as God speaks when there's a prophetic stir going on or when we're just really busy. It's not to bring shame. It's just when my dream life is really ramped up, I'll just kind of like take a step back and be like, wow, God, this is, one, I love dreams. You know, they, they make me wonder. <laughs> you know, dreams are rarely literal, you know, and so they just require intimacy with God. And so when I start dreaming, I'm like, is there a prophet in town? Is there, is there a prophetic movement that's going on? I mean, seriously, you know, or am I just too busy that I haven't been hearing you and you so desperately want to speak to me that you're trying to capture me in the night hours? That's a, that's a question for you. That's a question for me. But I know this. When I start dreaming a lot, and it's because I'm too busy, that means that God's calling me to pump the brakes on some things on my heart, to slow down on some issues of life, and to recenter and refocus on the Lord. That might mean doing irrational things. That might mean taking a day off and just worshiping Jesus all day long. 
That might mean, you know what, getting some you time for like 10 minutes where normally you wouldn't be able to. It's not about volume. It's about quality, not quantity. It's not about, well, I can't do that with my schedule. Well, what can you do with your schedule? You know, people who pray, no one has time to pray. Have you found that to be the case? Like, no one has time to pray. The people who pray make time. It's not that, like, man, they just pray a lot because they're, I mean, if you're unemployed, you do have more time. But, but people who pray make time to pray. They make time to talk with Jesus. And what you're going to find is that if you're anything like me, Jesus rarely directly addresses the issues of my heart. He just talks about other stuff and takes care of all the issues of my heart. Have you found that to be the case? That if you're just going to wait for him to speak about one thing and one thing only, you know, you might miss a lot of other things he wants to, say, to talk to you about. That he's Emmanuel, he's God with us. Are you guys okay? Later on in Luke 10, verse 38, this is what we're going to close on. It says, as Jesus, you guys can turn there if you want. Luke 10, 38, it is Luke, it's correct. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that need to be made. She came to him and said and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her, help me. How many of you have gone to Jesus before and asked him to tell someone something? (laughs) Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or only one indeed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, something really interesting about this, it was, whose house was it? It was actually, it was actually Martha's house. You might think that this was like Mary's house. It was actually Martha, the one who, inter- who, who invited Jesus in. And after doing so, got busied up with things. And then here's Mary, who just got invited. She didn't do anything. She just shows up and is just sitting at Jesus' feet, not helping out with anything. And she's the one that Jesus commends. How many of you know, we need to rediscover the Martha of your life, the the Mary of your life. Because the Martha invited Jesus in, but you can't let the Martha live. You can't let the Martha be the one who calls the shots. You have to let the Mary inside of you sit at the feet of Jesus again. Does this make sense? Some of you feel like, well, I'm a leader. I'm doing a lot. I'm calling Jesus in. I'm doing all this stuff. And how come he's not with me? Oh, no, no, no. He is. You just, you're not with him. You're doing other stuff. And here's this this picture of Mary who comes in and actually just lays down at the feet of Jesus. How many of you love Jesus' response to Martha? Tell Mary something. Jesus, Mary's not being attentive like I'm being attentive. How come she's not doing what I'm doing? She needs to do what I'm doing. Anytime you tell Jesus to give someone else a word, you're dangerously close to witchcraft. Just know that. And you have an agenda that's not his agenda. So we don't, when we go to the Lord and stuff's going on, maybe, maybe someone really does, does need, we don't go to the Lord and, and, and manipulate him to doing what we want. We go to the Lord 
like Mary and say, God, what do you want? God, what do you want? And Mary never actually speaks in this passage. Only Martha does. Why? Because Mary's too busy listening. Mary's just too busy listening. It says this about Jesus, that he will go around from village to village, and later on in Luke, and we're not going to get to it today, but later on in Luke 20, and um, it's one of my favorite passages, 19 through 21 in Luke, and, and he goes around, it says from like village to village, and, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and different groups, government officials, teachers of the law, and Sadducees that were a religious group that didn't believe in the resurrection, there were three different groups. They tried to, like, get Jesus to stumble at something. You guys remember some of these, these passages? They, tr- they would try to, like, corner Jesus with words to get him to say something that would be able to, they would be able to, um, to, to accuse him of wrongdoing, like, kind of get caught in his words. So they, they would try to get in trouble with the government, and he's like, well, you know, you know we pay taxes, but, you know, wh- how do you land on that topic of who should we pay? And he's like, give Caesar what Caesar, give God what's God's. And they were like, huh, that's a great answer. <laughs> and then they go, and Sadducees are like, wait, if a woman marries a man, and the law says that, that if a man dies, his brother gets to be her husband, well, if the man has seven brothers, and they all marry, but they all die, and none of them had kids, when, when, they get to, when, she, when she gets to heaven, who's her husband? I mean, like, like they try to corner Jesus and some stuff that, that, he, that he, he's like, oh, okay, yeah. And in heaven, um, he goes, marriage is for earth. It's not for heaven. And they're like, huh, we didn't think about that. That was a good answer. <laughs> that Jesus, that, that what he wants to, to, you can't stumble Jesus with your problems. And, and Jesus has an answer to every solution, but it's going to look like him coming into the, the situation with you. Amen. It's going to look like him coming and somehow supernaturally moving funds from a bank to a bank in one hour inside the window of time that you had no idea that could happen. How many of you found that when you simply go to Jesus, he moves miraculously? That Mary was commended for just not leaving, and she didn't speak because she was too busy listening to his words. All those groups of people that tried to fool Jesus and get him to stumble on his words, it says that they hung on his every word. That if we're willing to, to listen, he's willing to, for us to hear his every word. And so we're just in a place right now that, that, you know, if you need a place of refreshment in the Lord, just put your hand on your heart. If you're like, yeah, I want, I want to just discover that, that merry listening of my heart to Jesus again. Like, I, I need to just sit at his feet. I need to just go to him in awe of who he is. I need to just go to him to, to know him. You know, Paul, would, Paul said this in Philippians. He goes, you know, you know, my earnest prayer, my greatest desire is to know Jesus, is to know him more. This is the Apostle Paul who had like the greatest ministry on the planet. And Paul, what do you want? I want to see nations come to Jesus. I want to see, no, 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 no. I just want to know him and the power of his resurrection. So, Lord, just put your hand on your heart right now. God, we say, if this is you, if you're like, God, I want to know that intimate place that draws me to become that Mary sitting at your feet again. That, God, that, that I want to be hung on your every word. If that's you, Holy Spirit, we just say right now, God, we just give you permission to come and to rearrange just our thoughts and our heart, God. Lord, that, 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 that 
we would reprioritize seeking you first, that we would reprioritize right now, Holy Spirit, Lord, we just repent of the ways that we've been busied up by things. We repent of the way, God, that we let the cares and the anxieties and worries of this world and demands of life just rob us from that intimacy of sitting with you and of knowing you, Jesus, and of walking out with you to accomplish more than we could ever accomplish ourselves. So Holy Spirit, we just give you a fresh permission today and a fresh yes to come and to move on our behalf in every area that we need you, God. And we choose not to hang on the problem, but to hang on the person of Jesus. We, ha- we choose to hang on you and not the problem, knowing that you have everything in your hands, God, that there's nothing you're not aware of, that there's no problem that you don't have a solution to. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just raise your hand right now if you're just, if you are experiencing his presence right now. Like you're recognizing just the presence of the Lord just on you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes we have trouble just connecting to Jesus, and sometimes that silence can really be uncomfortable, and that's probably a symptom of you need to do that more. How many of you know that? Like, I need to do that more, of just slowing down and connecting with Jesus. But sometimes we have a little bit of trouble maybe doing that. So, you know, I have a, my, um, my older sister, she's awesome. She's like one of my favorite people on the planet. And... 
um, she, she used to be a school teacher and she was a second grade teacher. And how many of you know that takes a supernatural grace in the Lord, if you ask me, but you know, she was a second grade teacher and one of her coworkers um, just really started to notice her on a daily basis. And just kind of, you know, how many of you have a coworker? They just kind of catch your eye. You just kind of notice something about them or maybe someone has done that with you. And there's something about Colleen, my sister, that really connected with this other coworker who was kind of silently stalking. Yeah, you're all, it's okay. You're probably silent stalkers to someone. And over time, you know, she came up to Colleen and said, hey, I just noticed there's something different about you and I don't know what that is. And, and I'm curious to know what that is. And Colleen's like, yeah, I don't know. You're a better teacher than me. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean? like, like, you know, I, I love Jesus, and 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 every day I just cannot do this job without Jesus. And she was like, what? She's like, is that? Do you wear a cross or something? Like, she had no grid, you know. And she's like, no, I actually carry Jesus with me. Like, he's with me when I come to work, and I'm so glad because <laughs> I would pull out my hair. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I want to pull out my hair. And and they just got to talking. And uh, one day she comes to Colleen and says, hey, listen, like, I've read some stuff and I've been doing my own research and just kind of doing my own exploring, but I'm just not connecting. Like, your Jesus doesn't, isn't the Jesus that I'm, like, learning or reading about? Like, I like your Jesus. So, like, help me to know your Jesus. Like, what is that? What can I do? And Colleen gave this amazing answer. She said, I want you to go home and I want you to sit in your dining room. And rather than give her kind of, you know, two cent kind of thing of like, just ask him into your heart right now, she just positioned her, said, I want you to go home, sit in your dining room, and I want you to sit in a chair. And then I want you to bring another chair up and put it right across from you, just around the table, just right across from you. So that like, not around, the t like on the other side of the table, so there's nothing between you, just a chair. And I want you to sit in that chair, and I want you to, to, to sit there, and I want you to uh, imagine that Jesus is sitting in the chair in front of you. And then I want you to just talk with him. And she's like, okay, that was, that was weird and stupid, thank you. And, and, and walks away, totally not planning on doing it. And then she goes about her day and she gets home and she's home into an empty house and realizes like, like she remembered what Colleen told her. And so she decided, you know what, I'll do this, I'll give it a shot. Like she pulls up a chair, sits down and, and when she looked up, she just started crying. She, ne she wasn't able to talk. She didn't say anything the whole night. Just sat there in a chair and cried all night long. That, that it wasn't her great prayers. It wasn't doing this right thing. It was that Jesus just wants to be turned to. And so if we have trouble, we just need to, we need to turn, just make sense. Like we need to be able to just turn to Jesus. And if you're in your room today and you wanna say yes to Jesus, if you feel like, hey, I, I, I'm not living right with God and, and I wanna give my life to Jesus, I'm gonna invite you just to stand in a moment. And this is you saying, you know what? Today is my day. I'm not gonna wait for another day. I'm not gonna wait for another day to do life on my own. I'm tired of doing this apart from God. You know, sin is living life apart from God. And if you're here today and you wanna get right with God and you wanna enter into that relationship with Jesus, just go ahead and stand up all around the room right now. If that's you and you're like, yeah, that's me and, and I, I wanna get right with God, today's the day that, that I'm gonna say yes to Jesus. And maybe, maybe there's a point in time where you were walking with God and you feel like, man, I'm so far away from that place. And you know, today's the day that you're just gonna say, I I'm gonna step back into that place with Jesus and I'm gonna take him up on his offer. So if that's you, just go ahead and stand up right now. 
I'm just going to give this another moment. If that's you, go ahead and stand up. If you're like, hey, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to let another day go by. Bless you. Amen. Anyone else who wants to stand up today and say, hey, this is my day. That today is not a day that I'm going to let the voice of the Lord pass me by. That I'm going to step into his promises for me. That I'm going to receive what he has in store for me. So if there's anyone else, just go ahead and stand up. Anyone live streaming, you can just pray with me. And those who are standing, just go ahead and, and pray. And church, let's just, let's just pray for them. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you're doing. But those standing, I want you to just imagine a door on your heart right now. And I want you to just open that door up. And, and I want you to imagine that door swinging wide open. And to the best of your ability, I want you to just say, Jesus, come in. That Jesus, today is the day that I want you to come in. Lord, thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for washing me clean today. I accept your forgiveness, God, and I accept your gift of eternal life. And I say, Jesus, come and have your way. Come and have your way. Come and have your way today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you all of my life today, and I take you up on all of your offers. In Jesus' name.